Hondo, the Jedi Council will not take kindly to this attack. Ahsoka... How will they know who is responsible? If there is no one left to tell the tale... You seem less hospitable than our last meeting. My mood is based on profit. And today, I am in the mood for crystals. You want the crystals? Come and get them. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to Send in the Clones! In this episode, on their return journey from Ilum, the younglings in Ahsoka find themselves overrun by the devious Hondo and his band of brigands. Even though the young Jedi are successful in expelling the pirates from their ship, poor Ahsoka is captured. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho. Clone Wars rookie on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars. He's the Hu Yang to my Ganji. It's a trusty power, Robbie. How's it going, everyone? we are going to talk about the 94th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's written by Christian Taylor and it's directed by Bosco Ng. And it's season 5, episode 7, A Test of Strength. So Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about A Test of Strength before you rewatched it again this week? Well, this one's strange because I completely forgot about the actual Hondo stuff. <laughs> and I think it's because I love the lightsaber stuff so much that that's really what I remembered coming into it. But yeah, I mean, Hondo, man. Hondo. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting that you forgot Hondo because he's one of the most memorable characters in the whole series. So I guess what that tells us is that the lightsaber stuff made a massive impression on you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just, it's the stuff that I love, you know, it's the lore of the Jedi and the Force and all that kind of stuff. I I just really, really dig that stuff. But I mean, as I've made probably way too clear over the course of the show, I remember bits and pieces, you know, it's like, sure. it's like I don't typically remember whole episodes. Well, that's what's interesting. That's why I like to start the shows like this, because that is, it's interesting to me, what are the things that stick, you know, because that tells us something about the episodes, about their longevity and about the elements that really stick with people, or at least stick with you, you know, and I just assume that generally if it sticks with you, then generally it'll be the same for other people, and I guess it will be the same for me in the future, I don't know. That's the whole point, though, of starting these episodes like we do. That's it. That is it, Robbie, and also it, Huyang. <laughs> he has a record of every lightsaber ever built, and the Jedi who fashioned them, and he's been around for a thousand years, like at one point... There's a point where he says, How dare you? I've lived on this ship a thousand years and I've never lost a fight. And I'm not about to start today. And he's played by David Tennant, Robbie. So that I've just done a terrible impression. I mean, this would be one of the most fun characters in the whole Clone Wars to try and work up an impression of. And obviously I haven't done anywhere near enough work to do it. But let's talk about who Yang, Robbie. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those where I remember when I first watched it, I was like, what? A droid? What? But there's something so... What do you call it? It's comforting engaging yeah right yeah he's like a professor right it's like a cool professor a fun professor yeah and and i'm not trying to make any you know sort of real connections to harry potter but i get a real (laughs) i knew this was gonna come up i get a real john hurt thing sure from this you know and it feels i don't know if he's 
if John Hurt was sort of his basis for the character or what, but it just really feels like Ollivander from Harry Potter, you know? And there's a comfort that comes with this stuff. I mean, this is like, you know, when people talk about comfort food, this is the kind of episode that's like comfort food to me. It just makes me feel at home, and it just makes me feel like it's lived in, and it's familiar, and even though we've never seen this before, it's like my brain starts firing. You know, when I'm watching right. this, because it's like, oh, yeah, this is it. I mean, it's it's the kind of things that we've all thought about as a kid. You know, what it would be like to find my own crystal, to find, you know, and to build my own lightsaber. I mean, all of these things are things that we think about. And it's, again, it's one of those things that just, it really sticks in my head. Yeah, there's just a ton of delightful little touches in this opening scene. And not just when Gennady, the little Rodian, kind of sparks Hu Yang into his spiel about how he's got a record of all of the lightsabers and every Jedi who's ever fashioned them and he, that he's a thousand years old which is sweet that's just a such a fun scene and he sort of finishes it off with asking Kenobi, do you know how to ah I should have written this down Robbie what does he say something like do you know how to free the force from your crystal or do you know how to how does he put it he basically asks her do you know how to engage your crystal with the force he puts it so beautifully and Shame on me for not having written it down, but it's just so fun that early part of the episode. But I mean, you talk about it as a kind of comforting episode, and maybe that's because you forgot that Hondo was in this episode because we see a super ruthless side of Hondo in this episode. We see a Hondo who is more than fine, apparently, with murdering children and with murdering Ahsoka, who he's, you know, seemed kind of, you know, he's had a decent relationship with in the past, but we hear that he's going with a bring me the crystals and kill whoever or whatever tries to stop your approach. And then when Ahsoka confronts him, he flat out tells her that he intends to leave no witnesses. And this is this Hondo that you love so much, Robbie? Yeah, it's a strange thing. And I mean, he even says, you know, that that my mood is dictated by prophets, um, yeah. which I... Which is a very Hondo thing to it say. It is very Hondo, but it's... But killing children is quite an extreme mood. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to wake up on the wrong side of the bed to want to kill children for money. But it's one of those things where I just don't... And maybe this is uh, this is why I probably wouldn't do well in the Star Wars universe, but I don't believe him. <laughs> I just don't... <laughs> I don't believe that he would, he would stoop so low as to do that. And maybe that's part of the reason why they haven't had shown the really, really dark side of Hondo. Him actually do there's one thing to say something and to and to threaten something. It's another to actually do it. And we never see him do anything like that. So it's one of those things right, that, we haven't seen him do anything yet. Or I haven't anyway. Right, right. But I mean at this point, I just don't believe him. I don't believe that he's gonna do anything. I mean, yeah, he wants the crystals. But I mean, think about this. If he was really interested in killing the kids, why not fire? Why smoke? Sure. I mean I would think you would definitely choose smoke before you choose fire because, you know, if you're on that ship too and you're setting that ship on fire, I don't know how that works as a tactic. That seems more like a kamikaze move or definitely a much, 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 much higher risk move than just using smoke, doesn't it? Hey, I, I'm just saying, I don't believe him. That's all I was trying to say. Sure. It's, a, it's probably a bad example, but you know what I'm saying. It just seems like a lot of the tactics they're using, they're pretty weak in comparison to what he's saying to do. Right, right. Although, you know, the henchmen do tell each other when he's out of earshot that they have, you know, shoot to kill orders. They say doesn't matter if they're dead or alive. So Honda was given his men the order to take them out if he has to. And I don't know, Robbie, it sounds like you're defending a guy who's happy with killing children here. <laughs> it may be. 
I just, I guess it's just because at this point we've never seen him do something so extreme, except maybe in the Seven Samurai episode we had, uh, the Bounty Hunter episode. Right. But I just don't feel like he would, I just, I don't know. Something is telling me that he's not going to do that. So that's just me. Well, even being as ruthless as he is, he's still always so fun. And we haven't given Jim Cummings a shout out for a while for his awesome performance and delivering such fun lines as the price for just one would make a man rich. And we all know how much I love to be rich. He just delivers every line with such deliciousness. I could pick any line that he ever says because every line is pretty much perfect. And maybe we could go back and even check. Does Christian Taylor write all of the Hondo episodes? Do they have someone on staff who (laughs) does the Hondo dialogue all the time? I don't know why it's always so good. Maybe it's Dave himself. It's just always so good. And the other thing I like about this episode is that Hondo identifies the tactic of hiding events as a key Jedi tactic. He sort of says something like, you know, the Jedis, they'll be hiding in the vents. They always hide in the vents. And so I don't know if that's because he's come across more Jedi than just Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka before because I don't remember any of them hiding in vents in any previous Hondo episode. So if he thinks of Jedi as being vent hiders, I don't think he's talking about our Jedi. So it just makes me think that he has had engagements and boarded, I guess, Jedi ships before. And so this tells us a little bit more about Hondo's history with the Jedi. But also, it's just a fun observation on his part, you know. They're in the vent, he knows immediately. And... It's kind of even more fun because as soon as they decided to hide in the vents, I was thinking, they're going to look in the vents. You know, it's not a great hiding place. There's no way they're going to stay hidden. So I like that Hunter was almost being meta with that. You know, it's almost a thing to the audience where the audience is probably thinking, you'll never be safe in the vents. Everyone hides in the vents. The first place they'll look is the vents. <laughs> That's what Hondo does. Smoke out the vents. Yeah, and it's what I love about Hondo, too, is that he's definitely smarter than all of his henchmen, right? I mean, I guess for a reason. Yeah. But- it's one of those things where it's like, man, why does everyone surround themselves with such idiots? Because, I, mean, I mean, those guys don't... I guess that's cheap. I guess maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But yeah, it's just, it makes for a lot of fun dialogue, especially from Hondo when he's constantly kind of berating his henchmen for not thinking things through and all that kind of stuff. It's just fun. Well, also fun, Robbie. That's when Hu Yang, who has said that he's too damaged to fight, shows that he's not really too damaged to fight, even when he's missing a head and missing two arms. And this scene reminded me very much of the Black Knight from Monty (laughs) Python and the Holy Grail, telling King Arthur that King Arthur hasn't defeated him, even though King Arthur has chopped off both of the Black Knight's arms and both of his legs. But fortunately for our Padawans, Hu Yang isn't all talk like the Black Knight. Hu Yang actually is still a badass, even with no head or arms attached, as he unleashes a fearsome Taekwondo kick attack and lays out that dastardly pirate who's giving them trouble. And another thing I liked in this episode, Robbie, apparently you can have a wooden lightsaber. Oh, yeah. That's, well, I mean, we're going back to that beginning part. But, yeah, one of the things that I always remembered about this whole arc is that Gunji gets a, a wooden lightsaber. It's something that I've always thought about and I always wondered about and I just love. I love the idea that it's so unique. It's just all of these things that come together in a, such a fun package even though like you said there's this threat of very very real danger but for some reason I'm and maybe it's just because I know this is a kid show you know and they're not gonna actually you know well hopefully they don't kill any children on this show but I just don't see that happening you know what I mean it's just it feels a little wait a minute are you forgetting Khalifa Robbie 
This is a show that's not afraid to kill kids <laughs> and to kill them in horrible, tragic circumstances, to put them on an island living in nothing but fear for what seems like it must have been years, a horrifying existence, and to never, ever get off that island. This Clone Wars, I mean, I wasn't comfortable in either the last episode or this episode with the idea that they weren't going to kill kids because they have killed a kid before and they've killed a kid in misery before that's what this show does Robbie. that's what dave <laughs> filoni may give us at any given moment so i'm never ever 100 percent comfortable even when it's kids you know it's funny that you say that because i completely spaced on that that whole arc I guess it's because I feel like the Trandoshans are a greater threat than Hondo's pirates. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Okay. I mean, it, sure. maybe the, I don't know. There's just something about Hondo that I just, I just can't. He's charmed I, you is what I, it is, what Robbie. It is. He's too charming. I guess that's what it is. I'm just, I guess I'm a sucker for uh, his smooth talking. It could be it, Robbie. And there's a few other things that I'm a sucker for in this episode. I like that the story that Petro plays a part in, mm-hmm. in which, again, you know, he's rushing things. He's acting rashly. He holds onto his crystal when Hu Young advises them all to pass their crystals to him for safekeeping. And there's also the scene earlier when he hasn't followed the instructions and he's built his lightsaber wrong. And so it's, as Hu Young explains, you know, it's going to kind of incinerate or disintegrate anyone who's in the vicinity of it if it gets switched on and held on for too long and the callback to that was a ton of fun when he improvises a way to defeat the pirates and he's very anakin in both of these last two episodes one that he acts rashly and emotionally and another he's apparently real good at improvising and so i thought that was a real fun little scene and maybe an indicator of what a young anakin would have done in this exact same situation i mean we talked last episode about wondering what would it have been like when ahsoka was doing the gathering what would it have been like when dooku was doing the gathering and this kid petro it's maybe a little bit of an representation of what it might have been like when Anakin was put through this part of his training although I don't think getting boarded by pirates is a part of the training for every Padawan I mean maybe you shouldn't even comment on this because maybe the reveal in the next episode given that Ahsoka was taken away by the pirates is that she's shaking Hondo's hand and slapping him on the back and saying thanks Hondo you played your part beautifully I mean I just have I you don't say anything Robbie I just (laughs) Maybe I've stumbled onto why you don't think Hondo would actually kill kids. I don't know, but in one sense, you'd think a ship carrying a cargo as valuable as Padawans and anything as lucrative as Kyber Crystals would be more well-guarded against any kind of pirate attack. So, yeah, like I said, don't comment on this just in case because I haven't seen the next episode yet and now I'm hoping to see it even more than ever. But I also liked, speaking of things that I like, that they use the training floaty ball droids as a trap. Well, they set them to their highest power, and apparently closing that door of that room causes the droids to float around, shooting whoever's in there or something. That was just a ton of fun. And I also dug that Zat, the little tech kid, he is the one who can put Hu Yang back together at the end. So there's a whole bunch of things that I liked, Robbie. You got any more notes about things that you dug about the episode? Oh, yeah. there's. I love that, once again, I mean, we can't stay away from the electrocutions. I mean, R2 electrocutes one of the pirates. Yeah. Um, I definitely like the trapping of the pirates with the uh, the training remotes and I love how Biff seems to be like the one that's most interested in seeing it work yeah. you know because he gets right up to the door I just there's something there was something sort of endearing about that there's so many things in this episode that you feel like you you, you kind of want each one of the younglings to shine a little bit and I think I think the only one that and maybe I'm wrong but the only one that doesn't really get a whole lot to do is Katuni, and I guess Gunji in a way. I mean, of course, they focus so much on him at the beginning of the episode that it almost feels balanced. 
Right. But I feel like Katuni was a little slighted because she didn't have uh, much to do in this episode. But, again, it's so much fun that I, I guess maybe that's part of the reason why I don't feel the threat from Hondo. Because I was having so much fun. And it didn't seem like a dangerous thing. It seemed like a fun thing. But yeah, you'll, you'll, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say anything about the ending either, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we often talk about, I mean, I don't want to hop on this anymore, but we often talk about how different people can see the same thing in different ways. And so the Hondo thing for me, it's almost as if the idea behind this episode is just to remind us that this isn't our lovable Uncle Hondo here. This is a ruthless pirate. And I kind of liked, I mean, we talked a while back now about certain episodes which helped make for example, Grievous feel dangerous again and made Dooku feel dangerous again. We remember, in fact, one of the Hondo episodes at the end when Dooku walks out and force chokes those two pirates and it reminds us just how formidable he is. And so for me, I was feeling like this is an episode just to remind us not to get too comfy with Hondo. You know, he's very charming, but maybe I shouldn't be thinking of him as being as lovable as he is. But then again, like I said, this is my first time through. You've got more of a relationship with him than I have because you've seen the entire Clone Wars a bunch of times. You've seen Rebels. You know, for all I know, he's still going strong later and you know more about him than I do. I mean, that's something that's not up for debate. So that's maybe part of why we look at Hondo differently. But you just mentioned R2 electrocuting the pirate and my shot of the episode is related to that scene and it's not actually the shot where he electrocutes the pirate it's just after that and this is a very simple unshowy shot i just like this high shot looking down with Gennady on the left and Atu in the middle and the pirate is out on the floor and Zat the little Nautilin tries to close the door but the pirate's foot is blocking it and so the door jams on his foot and Zat just kind of casually backheels the pirate's foot out of the door and it's just I guess me saluting the animators here that that was such a delightful little moment and so Zat it seemed like such a Zat thing to do and I say this as someone who's known Zat for only two episodes but it's a characterization thing it's showing through action without any words who this kid is that he will just <laughs> casually backheel his pirate I don't know, even if I'm explaining it right, I don't know what it was about this shot, but I just love this little shot of him trying to close the door. The door doesn't close. He back, he just kicks the pirate's foot out the door and shuts the door. And the shot also had R2 in it, and I love any shot with R2 in it. So that was my favorite shot of the episode, Robbie. What was your standout shot of Test of Strength? Well, mine is a very... It's very interesting that you picked up on this, this little animation there, because that's kind of what I picked, is a little interaction between two of the younglings right at the beginning petro has that that helmet on and he's doing his little training thing right and he's talking about ah i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do, you know i'm gonna he's got that move that he's made up the whirlwind of yeah, chaos whirlwind, or something whirlwind, yeah, what is whirlwind it? of destiny yeah that's it <laughs> and then he uh he said i'm gonna kill grievous with blah 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 all this stuff right he's talking about all he's he talks a big game but what's funny is when when it's time for the kids to come together and talk to Huyang. He takes off the helmet, and this is this is all sort of in the background. You don't really even, it's not like super in focus. But he takes off the helmet and he puts it on top of Ganodi, and Ganodi rips off the helmet and then punches him. <laughs> and there's I missed that. I gotta get back and watch it. And there's it. something very that's fun. It's like it's an attention to detail and how these characters interact that I just really really liked. And then Ganodi, once she does that, then she pushes herself up to the front. And there's just a, it's just a little character. 
Twitch thing that I liked about that. Again, it's one of those things that just felt really at home. Yeah, it's super fun, Robbie. It's such a fun show, and it's such a fun episode of a fun show. And so before we bring this one on for a landing, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your third ever watch of A Test of Strength, Robbie, how did you like it? And where does A Test of Strength sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Well, for me, this is weird because I love the beginning of the episode so much. I almost feel like I get it, you know. We've had a lot of lore being thrown at us in these last two episodes. So I kind of feel like it's a return to a little bit of form with some action. But I feel like the action kind of takes away a little bit from the episode. Right. Because, I mean, again, I've, I've said it before. I mean, my favorite part of the episode, the thing that I remember. You didn't like that scene at the end where they're getting blown out of the hatch? Oh, it's fun. That was almost like that anti-gravity scene. I mean, whenever there's a scene where they do something a little bit different from just standing on things. Oh, I get it. Swiping around. I mean, and I say this as someone who didn't like the episode Underwater, which tried to do something different. So, you know, be careful what you ask for sometimes, I guess. But we didn't even talk about that action scene at the end where it's kind of a different version of the anti-gravity thing i don't know because they're all getting flung around and ahsoka has to use all sorts of different tactics to try and deal with these pirates i don't know yeah see and that's the thing i like the episode overall but it's like i want more of the lightsaber stuff i want a whole episode of them building their lightsabers and talking about it and all that kind of stuff because that's just kind of the kind of star wars nerd i am sure but it's still a fun episode it's still worthwhile it's still in my opinion very worthy, you know, in your Clone Wars journey. So I say this is a three and a quarter out of four. Yeah, I've got this at eight kyber crystals and malfunctioning lightsabers out of ten, Robbie. Very strong, very fun episode. Just a little below the previous one, which is why I didn't give it a nine again. But, I mean, apart from the thing that I mentioned about how it's just a little bit odd how the Padawans and the Kyber Crystals are not more heavily guarded, you know, why isn't there a... Because reasons. A squad of clones on there like there were in the Brain Invaders episode, you know, when all they were transporting was medical supplies, you know. Ahsoka and Barris were just transporting medical supplies and they had a clone squad on there. So, why? I, I mean, but, you know, like you say, there are reasons and so... <laughs> I'm just going to accept that. And yeah, like I said, super fun episode. I learned some more things about the lore. I saw some fun action scenes. Hondo's in there being charming and terrifying at the same time. So this is a good one. And one day I'll be looking forward to seeing it again. And until then, that's Mission Accomplished for Season 5, Episode 7, A Test of Strength, Robbie. So won't you please let the troops out there know if they want to tell us how much they dig a test of strength. What are our communications channels? Of course. We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 95th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 5, Episode 8, Bound for Rescue, which, I mean, I guess we're going to see Ahsoka being bound for rescue. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are... Out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.